Hey folks, welcome to the Pro Football Ireland from the Aviva Stadium in Dublin. We are here two weeks today from the start of the NFL season. Got a couple of the college boys in here as well. Michael Pitt, Mark Hogan, Derek Harder, Connell Diggins, and Mark starting off here, Lions Keep two weeks today. Oh my God, where did that summer go? I'm starting to like really panic in a good way. That's it, you're thinking that there's a break around the corner, but this is it, it's uh, yeah, all kicking off. And how exciting it is, uh, that game, that Chiefs-Lions game is really exciting as we come in, up to it. You know, they're kind of saying that the schedule makers don't get these ones wrong. It's a real curveball to give us the Lions. I hope the Lions are able to come out day one and that all this hype hasn't been uh, killed off straight away. Excited to see your sleep schedule that night because I know you're up at 5 o'clock in the morning. Good to be in person, boys. Dara, this is not the athletic runs, is it? No, it's Ed. not far off, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably wouldn't, wouldn't be as fun as the athletic runs is in a good, a good cold league day on a Wednesday, on a Wednesday in, in middle of March. Good to have you down here and appreciate you boys coming on because we've had our college coverage this week as well, so it's a good crack. Uh, Connell, I mean, we were saying at the weekend when, when we were in Limerick, great to have the NFL back in a few weeks and we're, we're, we're getting there. It's like, surely. Oh, I, I can't wait for it. It's... it's the 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 joy that comes with waiting for a new NFL season, you're like most teams. I, as I said, like, I was like, there's probably 25 to nearly 30 teams that are like, we could have a chance at making the playoffs this year. And you don't, you can't really say that about most seasons. Like usually, you can tell who's going to be bad and who's going to be amazing. But this year, it's kind of like there's a lot of really really good teams and there's not a whole lot of bad teams. So I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna have a few discussions today about this, and we'll have different podcasts. This podcast and this episode itself is presented by Elite Sport, the official betting partner of the NFL in Ireland and the UK. Big thanks to Aidia Sport for their coverage and help this season to take this to the next level. We've got Christian Scotland-Williamson in Dublin next Thursday night. That's going to be great crack. He's buzzing for that. And then that Sunday with Jason Bell and Belfast. Jay Belfast. That, that's a good name for it. That's yeah. good. I'm just going to put that on the screen when he yeah. comes in. Uh, Mark, you've been researching this heavily. This is an interesting thing we're going to have. We're going to look at different maybe coaches that aren't head coaches, but they're important topics ahead of the season. It's so funny because last year, November-ish, I was thinking who's going to be the next round of head coaches alone because there was no standout teams and that's how, where the buzz and the hype comes from. It's like the Giants were doing well at the time. You're thinking, you know, where's this coaching cycle going to come? Obviously, after the offseason, we've talked to death about the changes that have happened at the top level, but I think buried underneath that is some insanely interesting coordinator changes in particular that are going to have huge you know, impacts on the league. Like Bill O'Brien is back in with the New England Pages. I don't know, does anyone have taken talk about that? But <laughs> I suppose to kick it off, Vic Fangio for me is one that I find quite interesting. I might have made a mistake when I took the Miami Dolphins over the New York Jets in our fantasy draft recently because I suppose when you dig into this one, Vic Fangio is a coordinator whose scheme has been copied throughout the leagues. Obviously, he relies heavily on his defensive backs. But when you go through it, like he's had success throughout his career with different teams. In San Francisco, it happened almost immediately. We went to Chicago. It wasn't the first year, but the second, third and fourth year he was there. He had a top defense. When he went to Denver, he never in DVOA ever had a defense. It was above 13th ranked. Now, he was the head coach there. So I suppose there is some coaches in the league that they don't really work out at the top level. But for Vic Fangio, I think now that he is back in a defensive coordinator role, I'm super excited to see how it works out for him. I suppose that Miami defense, they went and got Jaden Ramsey. That injury, I think, is massive because, like I said, it's all based on the defensive backs of units. It's that the pa good pass rush is really created from having guys in the back end that are so covering up all the receivers to such a point that the quarterback has to hold on to the ball. And then you have this serious pass rush that can get to it. I love the likes of Jalen Phillips. I think he, look, he got off to a slow start his first two years. 
the sacks kind of come later in the year. Hopefully Vic Fangio is able to work with him and it comes a bit faster this year. Bradley Chubb obviously came over last year when he was with Vic Fangio last time. He was a pro bowler and then Christian Wilkins there. So it's all about what the defensive back units do. Uh, do. Xavier Howard has to play better like this year. So I think it's I think it's super interesting because if it goes right in year one, I mean, if he does what McDaniel did with the offense last year in year one, they could have a serious defense. They're telling me I should have gone for the Jets, the Dolphins. I don't know in fantasy, you know? I don't know. I feel like it's I feel like the whole Dolphins thing is such a question mark at the minute because, you know, first off, you know, obviously with the offense, what McDaniel's done last year was 10 out of 10, but with Tua, there's such a question mark around him and we all hope he has a great season and doesn't get concussed or injured. But they haven't got a quarterback to come in like Teddy Bridgewater last year. Look, myself and Connell here would watch the Broncos quite a lot and Vic, Vic Fangio, he is labelled as a defensive mastermind, but I feel sometimes, I think we had this conversation a few weeks ago, like, there's a lot of talk around Miami, and I feel like, for analysts, it's like, oh, Miami are going to be great. And I, I just feel like it's like, are they? Because they're in a division where they got to play Rodgers twice, the, the Bills twice, never mind, I mean, who knows what Bill O'Brien's Patriots and, and obviously Belichick's Patriots are going to have, because that's the biggest question mark going into this season for me. I guess that sort of flips, and feel, feel free to come back here, but I'll put this up at the same time, because... Vic Fangio was a guy wanted by a different team, the Denver Broncos, to be their defensive coordinator. And Mark, as a Cardinals fan, knows rightly, I, I cannot believe Vance Joseph's back in Denver. I cannot believe it. I'm one of those people that's higher on Vance Joseph. Like, he got the best out of a bad bunch. Uh, look, we're going to talk about it later on in the podcast about the Cardinals to a certain extent. And it's like, people don't give him credit for what he did with them. Like, he got stuff out of Zach Allen, who is now he brought to Denver and is a good player. Uh, Byron Murphy is the same. He got the best out of a bad group, and it's I I liked. It. I was like he would have been one of the things I would have kept from the Cliff Kingsbury era because like he got the wait until you see it this year. It's gonna be it's gonna be hell as a fan. Well, Vic Fangio literally was the number one target for Sean Sean Payton. Sean Payton came out Connell and said that Vance Joseph is was not the number one pick for DC. The players seem to be happy he's back. But this is a man that was fired. There was quite a negative point when he left. I mean, I never thought he'd be back in any capacity. Colorado obviously played played college football there. He's happy to be back. Maybe it might work this year. The Broncos haven't had it, like, you know, a good defense now. And, I mean, they've, they've, always had, they've had a high enough defense the last few years, but it hasn't been elite for a while. I'm really interested because I, I've heard there's actually a lot of talk to where he kind of hasn't changed anything from last year. And last year's unit, you know, before all the injuries happened, they were one of the best units in the entire NFL. I believe they were kind of top two uh, in defense pretty much for the first couple of weeks. And unfortunately, due to injuries, they couldn't get it going. And that was with Ajiro Evero, who's now moved on. And I would have loved to have kept him. But I guess if they're not going to really try and change anything from last year and do most of the same stuff with a lot of blitzing, that that, that should help them keep to a high enough level. I mean, really for the Broncos, it's all about fixing the offense. It's The defense should just come along as it has the last couple of years. Hopefully, we'll see. We'll see. Who have you picked on this lovely podcast? I'm gonna stay on the defensive side of the ball. I'm gonna go with uh, Brian Flores in Minnesota. Oh, so uh, it's probably the, in my opinion, he's the polar opposite of Ed Donatel, who was there last year. Uh, look, every defense coordinator, every offseason swears they're gonna go more aggressive. They're gonna blitz more. You hear it from every single team in the league. But I think Flores is one of the rare exceptions where it actually is worth it. <laughs> he actually means that he's yeah. going to do it um, I think he, you're going to see a lot of blitzes in Minnesota this year I would look out he's an, a very unknown name Ivan Pace Jr he's an undrafted rookie linebacker 
he's going to start. He's going to play almost every snap. He's wearing the green dot, which means he's calling the plays, which means he's yeah. going to have to be on the field for the defense. Ivan Pace Jr. out of Cincinnati, he caused havoc last year. Probably the best blitzing linebacker in college football last season. Don't know how he went undrafted. It was probably more of a size and measurables thing. Isn't the tallest guy. But I think he's the he's the guy to watch. He suits Brian Flores to a T. It's a defense that has a lot of changeover. Uh, you're expecting younger players. Lewis Seen as a safety is expected to step up. I'm really, really looking... Uh, as a Packers fan, I'm not looking forward to see what they can do. But I've optimism that the Vikings can really make a good year this year. I'm so surprised to say that because to me, and we're going to stay tuned for this, we're going to be talking about playoff teams that we don't expect to go back next year. I'm so surprised about the Vikings because like, it looks like a rebuild year there this year that it looks like they lost a lot of pieces and the only silver lining for me is probably Brian Flores going there. But the division, I like, can't leave to bring you as well, like I'm sure you'll come back to this in a second, like obviously you're a big Packers rider, but the division is like, everyone said, oh, like the, the general consensus is that the Vikings are going to take a step down this year. Oh, it's the Lions division to lose. But then you said off camera about Jordan Love. And it's like, what what do you think? Because I feel like if you have Kirk Cousins going into like, was it the last year of his contract this year? You know, before he gets a before he gets a renewal. Like he wants to play well this year to try and get a bit more cash in the cash in the conference. I love Kirk Cousins after quarterback. So <laughs> I just don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put myself on the floor here now. I do not buy into this whole down on the Vikings. I, stay, I think the Vikings could win the NFC. Stay tuned for later on. We'll go through the whole Vikings. I'm surprised. They, like, they are just an, an extremely interesting team. Like, I have no clue because this division is really close. Like, the way I see it is, like, it's it's basically Packers, Vikings, Lions are all, like, kind of in, like, the same group where they're either going to be, like, pretty, pretty good or they're going to be, you know, maybe not, you know, one or two or three or four wins but they won't make the playoffs while like the Bears are kind of like a step below those three but I see them all in kind of around the same bracket and considering how close that division can be it'll be really interesting to see I, I do think you know fixing and getting Brian Flores in is what they needed to do because last year the offense was absolutely amazing and you know they've sure they've lost some pieces but like they've replaced a good few of them with you know some younger guys which is what they needed to do and I'm if they can fix this defense, which I believe was one of like the five worst in the NFL last year, and like if you're giving up thirty something points to the to the um to the Colts in one half, which they yeah. ended up coming back from, which is just the biggest insane. comeback ever or something. Yeah. Um, but it, it's it's going to be really interesting next year, I think, for them. Guess who's heard that game off last year? This guy right here, uh, Dara. I feel like I have to ask Dara here very quickly. Is Jordan Love the real deal? Do you think the Packers win the North? Um, yeah, they were five to one at one point a few months ago. The Packers win the North. Uh, I'd try to remove all bias. This this team looks very good. The offense looks really, really exciting, young. There's a lot of potential there. There's going to be some rocky games. There's going to be some lo- losses to not-so-great teams. But, I listen, I, I know it's hard to read into preseason a lot, but Jordan Love has exceeded my expectations. He's exceeded the expectations of an awful lot of people in Green Bay. He's taken major strides in terms of decision-making and processing and... I'm not saying he's going to come out of the gate and be a top 10 quarterback. I think that's ridiculous. But with the defense that they have, they've almost returned every single player on defense. They're going to get Rashawn Gary back to one of the best edge rushers in the league. Uh, on top of uh, the young receiving core looks so, so promising. The Packers have always had a good offensive line. I feel like this is the year. Another thing, weak schedule. Probably the weakest schedule the Packers have faced in maybe five years. I feel like this could be a year where the Packers reclaim their... Rightful crown, top team in the NFC door. 
I mean, imagine leaving Rod- like going from Brett Favre to Rogers to Jordan Love. Imagine that happens, eh? Yeah, I look, that's what we talked about recently about, especially that Lafleur gets the keys back to his own car, having yeah. been hijacked for Aaron Rodgers for so long. That'll be it's it's super interesting to see what he does. It's like, look, I think we are going to talk about uh, Cole Shannon a bit later on. How you know, when you're a QB guru, you're a QB guru. If 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 you want to get back to um, I see us all looking around here. The uh, Amigo Ryan segment is blown away here. Is what we're all looking around and why? But one, I suppose there's two coordinators that have moved on. Jonathan Gannon and D'Amico Ryan's have become mm. head coaches this year. And I think that Steve Wilkes is something in San Francisco, but I wanted to focus on what Philadelphia is going to do without Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon, obviously, they would have paid him more than the Cardinals are paying him to remain as their defensive coordinator. Philadelphia would have. But he said, no, I want to get that role. It's it's not so much just about Jonathan Gannon and um, Sean Desai coming in from Seattle to fill in from him. But... Like, that defense is going to regress. It has to, because historically, it was one of the best of all time. 70 sacks. No other team had ever had four players get 10 sacks. They had four players with at least 11, including what did Hassan Reddick have? 16 and a half, which yeah. was absolutely insane. They gave up next to no points compared to anyone else in the league. You, you couldn't move it against them. So they lose a lot of players. They've lost their two starting uh, the safeties, including CJ Gardner-Johnson, who was phenomenal for them. They've lost Javon Hargrave from the defensive tackle. And then the likes of Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham, who've been there and are legends for the last few years, they've, they're have they getting older. Like you can't, So they did go out in the first round and get star players, but you can't just presume those rookies are going to come in first year and do the business for them. And I think when I look at the, the it on paper, they also lost like the likes of Kazir White in the league depth. And I think that that's where they're going to struggle. That they had like the likes of Indomitian Sue just coming in. They had, obviously the trade with the Bears last year for um, Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn. That like all these players, they're still on the market. Some of them, as we record this now, that they don't have that depth that's going to be there this year. They're hoping that the likes of Nicobe Dean, who was selecting the third round last year, is going to be able to fill in as a starter this year. I'm just a bit like. Not worried that they're still a phenomenal team, but they don't have the strengths that they had last year. And then when they you add that into having to come to grips to a new scheme as well, I think that's a bit of a chink in their armor. What do you think, Colin? They're they're very interesting. I mean, their linebacker depth is the the the, the thing about their linebacker depth is there is none. Yeah, because <laughs> I believe they lost two or three of them. I believe one of Edwards, TJ Edwards, I believe is his name. He's gone to the. The Bears, they're ground dot man. Like yeah. that's a big deal. And then Miles Jack, they brought in in the off season, and then now he's literally two days ago or yesterday he's just retired. Um, that's the same. So <laughs> I always love as we get close to the season, and guys like I'm not doing it for a year. <laughs> <laughs> so you got the wee page out, right? <laughs> that'll that'll do it. He took his signing bonus, and he'll be back. He'll be back in December. He'll be back. He'll be back in December. Whoever is top of the league. Well, but that, that's it. That's the thing, right? And like you mentioned, you met, both of you lads have mentioned the positions there, but they're in the NFC, like. Yeah, like and they're playing the Giants twice. They're playing the Commanders twice. I mean, I'm not sure. There is maybe three good quarterbacks on their entire schedule. It's, it's I mean, three three elite quarterbacks. Like, it's, it's if they have a rocky road, like yeah. that's fine. They can still get. I think it's still sort of powerful with the offense, and it's almost like if you do have a few cracks there, cover them over, work on them during the season. If you start to get in a position where you're challenging for the championship at the end of the year, 
start to work on it there. Maybe bring a couple of veterans in if you need to, make a trade. That's the problem. I know Philadelphia fans were not like, they didn't mind Jonathan Gannon moving on at all, but what burnt them in the Super Bowl in the end was defense gave up too many points. You know, so it's, when we're talking about, they were class last year throughout the season, but accounted for nothing in the end. So I suppose that's where I look at it from that you don't want teething pains at all when they're like, they're not doing it for the NFC. Mm. They're doing it to beat whoever that comes out of the AFC. Let's, let's jump to Callum Moore. Like, Callum Moore going to LA, used to be the OC for the Dallas Cowboys. He's now pl- calling, the, calling the shots for what Chargers fans would call maybe an underwhelming, underwhelming offense last year. They go all in, they give Herbert the contract, but the beneficial thing for them over the next 24 months is he is still in his rookie deal, so they have still have a window there. We spoke to Telesco, who wouldn't give anything away a few months ago. Uh, Callum Moore made a really interesting quote, and I have it here about Dak Prescott. Uh, so he said it about Justin Herbert. So, the first game Calamur had in the preseason, the offense had 34 points, 214 combined rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns plus 30 yards or more, 6.9 yards per carry. But he said about Justin Herbert, the biggest thing is obviously his arm talent, but his combination of size, throwing ability, athleticism, I mean, there's only a few on earth that can have that combination and play at such a high level. It's really fun to see. I was a six-foot kind of hanging-on quarterback for six years, and I laugh. There's a few flows sometimes he makes that I can say I would never think about flying that flow, but here we are. It's opened my eyes to some things. I guess, Star, what I would say is, why didn't Dak Prescott open his eyes last year? And what's the issue there? Because that's a whole different kettle of worms. This is a massive year for the Chargers as well. Yeah. Because like they are like they're out. Like Steely's out if they don't make the playoffs this year. Hundred percent. And it, it's the old Charger problem of they just everything's there for them. They just can't seem to win and nobody knows why. Um, I think that the, this has to be the year for Herbert. If it, they probably want, wanted a little more of a playoff run last year, and then you know they really had something to build on coming into the season. Now they're coming into the year they didn't. They had a massive playoff calamity last year against the Jaguars, and I think now you're looking at Herbert's probably a top four quarterback in the league. And to have talent around him, it's just a case of execution and not the most Chargers going to Charger kind of season that we've come to know and love for <laughs> decades now. And it's that sort of question mark. Everyone talked last year about the AFC West and how sacked it was. Can the Chargers this year take that next step, go to Arrowhead and then beat the Chiefs at home as well and take the West? I mean, you're a big AFC West man. What do you think? I mean, they're, it, it, it's literally the thing of like, well, I can't remember what season it was where they finished first in offense, first in defense, but then 32nd in special teams and they missed the playoffs completely. Like, that's the quintessential, like, this is what the Chargers are. When it comes down to it, just something always seems to go wrong. And, like, it's not like they haven't had amazing quarterbacks because, like, they had Philip Rivers for, like, 15 years or something like that and and couldn't win with him. They had Philip Rivers and Drew Brees at the same time. Yeah. They couldn't win with them. So it's it's so... They're just a frustrating team because, like, you look at them and every season I look at them as a Broncos fan and I'm like, they like they're going to beat us both times this year but then I always remember it's like no we just beat them like and we like we beat them handily usually like at least one time a season and you're like this is not the team that's on yeah. paper it's a completely different team that comes to play and like I believe they lost some they lost some really easy games last year they always do towards the end of the year yeah and it's it, they're just a frustrating team because you're like this is what they can be but then they just end up down here and you're like they sh- you can be so much better before we look at Mr. Hackett Go to the Jets. Will the Chargers make the playoffs? When we had Tom Blasco on the podcast, I was super interested. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose the problem with the Chargers is is when you look at their roster, it looks class, but it's how are they going to survive when 
two of their three top receivers go down because it's ultimately going to happen. I love them on paper, but like one thing we should say about Kellen Moore while we're still on the topic, what was his last play in Dallas? It was Zeke lined up, center, center. And it's like, that's the thing with Kellen Moore. He's so, hit, as as as, he's so hit and miss that like when he's on four, he doesn't, but he can also make the offense look horrible. Like the Dallas fans were so split about whether he was good or whether he was bad. I think in the end, they were kind of like glad to see him go. So he was a bit scapegoated a bit, but he probably deserved a bit of the scapegoating, I don't even. So for the Chargers, I think, yeah, a lot has to go right. Will they get out of the division? Was that the question? Probably not. Uh, as I said at the start of the uh, of this broadcast that were presented by Elias Sport, the official betting partner of the NFL in Ireland and the UK, we've got two events. We've got Christian Scotland-Williamson coming to the Woolshed next Thursday, and we've got Jason Bell Sunday week in Belfast. I'm just doing it now because I'll cut back into it. I haven't heard the baby at all. Uh, she texted me saying she's in the Uber. Uh, no worries, in, in traffic, no worries. No, they're her. Is she that old, Phoebe? Yeah. Oh, she's so sound, yeah. so lovely. Any of the females that we've had on the podcast, she's unreal. My, are insanely friendly. We do, we do, we do hack it really quickly, and then yeah, like, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think we do hack it. Yeah. yeah, before we all move position and stuff, and yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's still wrong, isn't it? Yeah, man, you're so bored to stand there. Yeah, there no, you go. Okay, three, two, one. I am. I can't wait for Belfast. It's gonna be great crack. Yeah. Me and Mark Hogan standing up in the theatre. Here, I, I think we get you up. We get you up. Oh, talk, 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 up love to me up. We're gonna pick you. Like you pick some for the audience. Our full ball. <laughs> this young man here in the Armand jacket. Dramatic. You can't miss him with his red hair. Fairly <laughs> easy. Well, talk about somebody you can't miss. You can't miss Nathaniel Hackett at the minute. What is going on there? Because you have imagined last year, whenever that whole thing was going on, as Broncos fans, he had the wee tat. I mean, first off, what's going on there? Like, what is going on? Too much time spent with Aaron Rodgers, I think. Well, th- th- this was the one that you wanted to slice. What do you think of Hackett? Because going from hard knocks, they they really get on. Like the way the way the way arse pats everything. Yeah, I mean, like last season, like when Hackett came in, like he just like he does seem like a really really nice guy. Like I can't fault him for being like not a good guy. Like you know, he's talking about Star Wars and everything when he comes in and when he introduces Russell Wilson, he has to like stop himself from cursing in front of all the reporters. But it just did not work. It did not work, and it was like it was so frustrating. It was really frustrating. Like it was awful. It it was, and you're like, I don't. And the problem is here, I don't know if that was a Nathaniel Hackett problem or if it was a Russell Wilson problem. I guess we'll probably find out this year, really. But I guess you know, Sean Payton is a coming into the Broncos is someone who's gonna take no, you know what? Like so, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But getting back to, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, he's kind of reunited with Rodgers, and I think he's gonna be running more of what Rodgers wants to do but also mixed in with what he wants to do, which I think maybe he missed out on in 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 Denver. So it would be really interesting. And this is a Jets team who really, if they can even just become like an average offense, they'll make the playoffs no problem. They finished 7-10 and 10 last year and had a bottom four offense in the entire league with the top four defense. So they're, they're an incredibly interesting team coming into this year, along with the hard knocks where we get to basically meet every single player and see all their personality. And I'm really excited to see you know, if the offense can even just become solid enough. They brought some really good players as well. Before Mark chimes in, obviously you know Haggard with your time at Green Bay and stuff. Not your time in Green <laughs> Bay, but your time covering Green Bay. Yeah. Um, is he the real deal with Rodgers? Can he take our Rodgers into a brand new set in that 39 years of age and embed him into an offense? I'm skeptical of it. I think he's... Uh, Rodgers cherishes his friendship with Hackett more than he 
cherishes his footballing acumen. Um, <laughs> I, I obviously listen. I'm not here to say he's not worthy of being an offense coordinator in the NFL. He's obviously earned his time through his time with the Jags, time with the Packers, but he didn't call plays in Green Bay. Green Bay had a great offense because they had a great quarterback. They had Devontae Adams. They had Matt Lafleur. I mean, there he was. There was a lot of talk about his red zone work. He called it the golden zone, and the Packers had a lot of success. But I, I don't know. I, the last year scares me a lot with Hackett. I think it was more of a bargain and chip bringing him over to New York than anything, just to get Rodgers over to seal that deal. I think in Hackett's in, absolutely. I think in Hackett's defense, you mentioned there a little bit around what what it was last year, Mark. I was speaking to a player in Phoenix who said that it did seem to be a Wilson a bit and it wasn't either was there was a big divide between offense and defense and they didn't speak to a lot of them did not converse with each other there was no team chemistry but I guess that comes back to the to the head coach uh, I'm not saying this too much but you know the general vibe around media in Denver was in London that he was sacked if he didn't win that game in Wembley and that whole thing could have completely changed if that had happened but he has an opportunity now and like to be fair to him as Dara said there he, he has earned his keep in certain situations with the Jags and Packers and who knows who knows what's going to happen to the Jets this year what Sean Payton came out and said about the last regime has to be brought up because Sean Payton was obviously out of yes. for what he said but yes. it's also based on what you're saying the media and the understanding like some things are said not on podcasts but said in pubs over a drink that might have reached Sean Payton's ears uh, Nathaniel Hackett may not have been someone that was ready for the big time like I said for Big Fangio as at the head of the table look we're, we're not going to mention but Eric Bieniemy. it looks like he is being too tough on his players at the moment and, you know, that's why maybe people are saying, oh, that could be why he never got the head coaching job up until now. And he's after changing to Washington to be able to show to show off. Maybe Nathaniel Hackett wasn't able to be a head coach. I agree 100% with what Dara is saying there with what he, his time in Green Bay and not calling plays and that. But, you know, with that offense, I think it's hard to go wrong because this New York Jets offense looks as strong as maybe without the offensive line that Green Bay had for years. But otherwise, like the pieces that make up the Green Bay off or New York's offense should make it very easy for Nathaniel Hackett to look good again. Time will tell. Time will tell. I think this has been such a good crack. I feel like we literally sit either do this here or sit in the bar with a couple of pints or jars of water, whatever, and talk for three or four hours about this. I think that's why it's so good to have you boys here. Appreciate you boys here for this year. Uh, if you are listening or watching to this podcast, both Dara and Connor are on the at least on the college football stuff throughout the year, which is every week. Uh, and obviously, I mean, I've seen Mark than I've seen more than more than I've seen Paris <laughs> at the minute. But uh, here. Great crack uh, on this podcast. Big thanks to the team at the Aviva. The Arlingas College Football Classic for letting us use it. The management team at the Aviva Stadium are top notch. Matthew on the on on the on the, I was gonna say on the comments on the video behind us and Eight Eight Sport. Uh, as we said, we got Christian Scott and Williamson next Thursday in Dublin. Jason Bell, Jay Belfast next next Sunday as well. Looking forward to that. You can get us at NFL Ireland on all social handles, and we'll chat to you soon. Good be logging. <laughs> <laughs>